Hello, welcome to We Like It So What. I'm Jamal Murphy here once again with I'm Eric Bethel. Eric, how are you, man? Good, dude. Pretty good. Yeah, good on this. Uh, as we're recording, it's uh, Halloween weekend. Spooky season is uh, alive and well. It sure is. Boys and girls. I, should I say boys and ghouls? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Bones and ghouls. Yes. <laughs> if you haven't already, check out our, let's call it a pre-Halloween episode. It's available in the archives. Wherever you search podcasts on We Like It, So What? Give it a listen. Get yourself hyped up for the spooky season. Halloween is just right around the corner per this recording. So uh, what's going on, Eric? We got uh, lots to talk about on this episode. In yeah, particular. man. It's, 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 been a, it's been a hot minute since we did a show, and a lot's happened since our last episode. What's happened? Wow. Well, where to begin? You know what? Let's go ahead and start off with our Black Adam review. Let's do that. Yeah, all right. Let's, let's go ahead and do that. Let's go ahead and knock it out. I mean, do you feel that in the air, though? It's like when you, when you walked in to record, did you feel, feel that, that, that feeling in the air? I felt something in the you, air. You know what it was? What was it? It was the hierarchy of power in the DC universe changing. And it, it changed, or did it? <laughs> it didn't change because of Black Adam. It changed for other reasons, which we'll, well get to later. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of Black Adam? Well, well, before we give our thoughts and prayers, and Black yeah, Adam. that too. Uh, it's important to know that The Rock had this role pretty much for the last fifteen years. Yeah. And it was um, it was confirmed five, six, seven years ago, that, that he is going to play Black Adam. Mm-hmm. Well, it finally happened. And I'll be the first to say, like, I thought that first Black Adam trailer was fucking terrible. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember you saying fucking, that. Yeah. I thought it was fucking corny. I, uh, it had the, the little shitty, funny, jokey parts in it. I, yeah, get out of here. I didn't fucking like it. I did not like that fucking first trailer. The second trailer, I was like, all right, you know what? That's more like it. Which, look, I was going to see this movie anyway, but the job of a trailer is to get you excited for this movie. Right. Whether it's a teaser or a full-length trailer, get me excited. That first trailer did none of that. None of it. Yeah. I mean, my my skepticism was there because it's Dwayne Johnson kind of finally playing a superhero. Finally. Throughout his career, the past couple of years, he's he's been playing that kind of, some would say, overpowered Almost indestructible, like you know, killing machine, like yeah, Luke Hobbs, like what? <laughs> Arnold, I was gonna say Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, the second, I was about to the say sec- like the second coming of Arnold Schwarzenegger, like John Cena. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> well, you know, we can actually see Dwayne Johnson. We can't see John. That's true. Yeah, yeah. you need special glasses to to actually right. see right. John Cena. That's right. The, the best camouflage on the planet. Yeah, he's been playing those characters, those kind of you know. It's a quintessential kind of action hero type, that arc, that action hero archetype for the better part of 10 years now. Yeah. So to see him finally kind of play this all-powerful, nearly indestructible superhero, I'm kind of like, all right, I mean, he's been doing that, so this should be a walk in the yeah. park. He just needed a suit. But I also feel like, well, is there a little bit of ego there? He's He's producing the movie. He's been promoting it for the past 10, 15 years now. So, of course, he's going to make himself look good. Of course. 
And of course, no other character is going to be as powerful as him because this is this is his movie. So, uh, you know, like well, no, I said, no other character is powerful yet. Yet, yeah. There was that skepticism there because, like, how how much ego boosting are, are they going to do in this in this movie to make him look good? Mm-hmm. And it, it's there. Yeah, it's there. Of course, that doesn't that doesn't mean that he doesn't take any kind of damage or has doesn't have any kind of adversity he has to go through in this movie. Right. But right. I don't know. The at the end of it, I'm kind of like, yeah, it's it fine. It's an, it an okay movie. I had fun with it. Um, it is <laughs> that fucking kid. What kid? The kid in, in the fucking movie. Oh, you mean the character of Amon? Yeah. Okay. <sighs> movie could have did without him. See, so, yeah. I, I see why they why they did it. I was getting some serious T two vibes with this fucking kid, yeah. Black Adam, which T two did it better. Maybe that's because it was, you know, written better. You know, but and it, it look it ain't the kid's fault. Some of the dialogue in this movie is fucking terrible. Yeah, it is. It's cringe, dude. Cringe. Would you say it was cringe AF? In all caps, AF, dude. Yeah. Like just, I I guarantee you, had this fucking kid not been in it, I would I would have enjoyed this movie a whole lot more, a whole lot more, dude. And 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 I'm not. I don't shit on every kid actor. There are some phenomenal kid actors out there. Yeah. Not this one. And again, it's it, it's because of the fucking dialogue. It was terrible. And I think, in a way, too, you need that. It's also a trope. You need that every man character to be the eyes and ears of the audience. Yes. More or less. Yes. And in this case, it's a kid who idolizes superheroes. He lives in this this city of Kondok. That's another thing. Was there not like a Kondaki president? There's no prime minister of Kondok. It's just who 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 runs Kondok? The question is, what the fuck is Kondok? Is it is it a city? Is it a country? Is it a city state like the Vatican? Uh it's a good question. Where exactly is it located? Somewhere in the Middle East. You have to imagine. Somewhere in the Middle East. So basically, like the basic overview of the movie. We see kind of this earlier sequence in conduct, let's say 5,000 years ago. Yeah. You see Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, as Teth Adam before he becomes this all-powerful character. You see that the the people of Kondok are kind of forced into slavery, mining for a- MacGuffin. An element called, yes, an element called Eternium. Very similar to Vibranium, Adamantium, Kryptonite, even do you want to say so that that one element that oh it could turn the tide and in, in a fight against somebody that's super powered somehow. Any other kind of enium you've ever heard of in a movie? Yeah, Turbinium from Total Recall. Oh, Unobtainium from Avatar. And the core. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the Avatar cinematic universe that right. we didn't we didn't know about. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you see that the, you could call it a prologue sequence, yes. which sets uh, the, up the uh, cold open. Yeah, which sets up the kind of the conflict. The people of Kondok are somehow five thousand years later; they're still enslaved, more or less, under duress from Intergang. Intergang, yes. Intergang in the comics is kind of like a—they're like an international kind cartel? of 
not not like a cartel. They're like the mob, but they're also like they dabble in technology. They dabble in the criminal underworld element. Kind of like the CIA. Yeah, it's. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm so kidding. you could say they're they're the mob mixed with like a terrorist group mixed with all kinds of you know evil elements. Yes. But somehow they have taken control of the country, cities, city state of conduct. And they've been, you know, mining for eternity. Stealing their resources, which we've heard so many times in this fucking movie. And somehow they've also set up like a a military zone. You have to have checkpoints in and out of the city. So how does this work? Who right. I guess like I said, was there, was there no Kandaki president? There's no army in Kandak, apparently. There was an army. Well, yeah, the people. The, pe- <laughs> the people. That's another thing we can talk about later. Oh, on yeah, movie. we will. But yeah, just to give a basic idea, the people needed a hero, and there's a this legendary statue, similar to the Jesus statue in in uh, Rio. Brazil, in Rio, Brazil. Yeah. It's there as a monument to this powerful hero who who served the people five thousand years ago, and back then that that hero didn't really have a name. He was just the, the champion, the protector. The champion, yes. So then you see a group that, you know, is there's this expedition to find this crown of Sabak, which is, you know, thought to be this all powerful artifact that could do something, who knows what. We don't really know. We don't really know what it, the true purpose of it was right, to it, it's 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 just like every you no, know, it's it's another trope we've seen in, in so many other movies, whether it be Hellboy, the fucking Indiana Jones, like the fucking Ark of the Covenant, yep. uh, uh, the Sankara Stones. I mean, a, a whole bunch of shit that if you, if this one person or if this group gets it, then they can, or the fucking, the rings from the Phantom. Yeah. You know, we could control or be more powerful than any army on earth or raise the dead or whatever the fuck. Well, yeah, it was the skulls. Yeah, yeah. yeah yes, yes, the skulls, that's yeah. right. Um, or it'll, it'll, Make this group or this person the most powerful on the planet, and they'll rule the earth or whatever the hell. Yes, we've seen it many, many times before. So, through a series of shenanigans, and there's a I guess, I guess you could call her an archaeologist, scientist, slash, by, free, slash freedom fighter. Yeah, slash freedom fighter, played by Sarah Shahi, who is a resident of Kandak. Her son Aman is is also there in 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 the city. You mean John Connor? John Connor. Adjacent. So through a a spell that is inscribed in this tomb, she is able to awaken Black Adam after 5,000 years. You know, We're going to call him Black Adam because he- He is Black Adam. He didn't have a name uh, until they decided to give him one. Well, he was Teth Adam. Teth Adam. Yes. Yeah, right. Teth was his first name. Now it's Black. Black. <laughs> you know, uh, something I noticed that, you know, if I'm ever sent to a prison, it's highly unlikely that if you come to visit me, they'll give you the code to get me out. Right. Here's the key on the wall. Right, right here. Here it is. Yeah. Why? Why is that there? So, someone like her can free his ass. Yeah. Five thousand years later. Just in case. Just in case you happen to be in this remote cave. That's in the middle of nowhere in Kandak. Wherever that is. Wherever that is, somewhere yeah. in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Let's assume it's in the Middle East. 
Here, here's the here's yeah. the code. Here's the uh, the QR code you can download to get him out. Yeah, their champion is a Samoan. But anyway, continue. Half half black, half Samoan. <laughs> Ethnically vague right. hero. <laughs> but yeah, so we see Black Adam emerge for the first time. You see the scope of his power. It's like he's incredibly fast. He's incredibly strong. That sequence was great, and it was it was awesome. Yes, it was. It shows the potential for okay, this guy can do some damage. Oh yeah. Power with the lightning. He's super, super fast. He's strong. He's damn near unstoppable. And you can see the bullets are bouncing off him like nobody's business. He's he's just taking care of these intergang goons like it's no big deal. The scene of them of them shooting him with all their machine guns and it's doing nothing, and then he slowly begins to rise. Like he is about to wreck shop. Yeah. All of you. And there's nothing you can do about it. There was nothing they could do about it. Well, something was done about it as the plot goes on because we now see, okay, there is a team called the Justice Society of America. And if you follow comics, you know who the JSA are. Yeah. Which their liaison is Amanda Waller, yet again played by Academy Award winner Viola Davis. Viola Davis. I'm sure she had about like a, a day's worth of work yeah. to put in yeah. for that. Yeah, she probably Skyped that in from the set of The Woman King. I, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> so she's their liaison. So somehow this group has been around for, for years, and this is the first we've seen of them. Led by? Hawkman, King, Prince T'Challa, I mean, Carter Hall. Yeah. He, he looked like T'Challa to me. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. So, of course, there was that... Now, that little bit of controversy because you have Hawkman played by a black actor in Aldous Hodge. Mm-hmm. Normally, traditionally, Hawkman's played the few times he's seen, seen you've seen Hawkman in live action, he's been played by a white actor. The character's Caucasian. But there's also a very complicated origin with Hawkman because sometimes he's a scientist, sometimes he's an alien, sometimes he's an alien who's been or a scientist who's been reincarnated over countless millennia. They didn't go into any of that in this movie. They did not. None of it. They did not. But you, not, not that I'm saying, you no, know, they should, I mean, you know, spoon feed us some, you know, ridiculous expository dialogue, explaining his backstory. I mean, we didn't really have to have that, but there are a lot of questions regarding Hawkman as far as the, the nth metal and yep. the, the Carter... Hall Estate. Where that, did he? Where did he get this money to have this probably multi-million-dollar canopy that can open up that a jet is able to fly through? Which was ripped in all caps wholesale <laughs> from the fucking X Men. Yeah, come on, come on. Well, you see, there's those, those little parallels that they got there. They got the Falcon. They got their their Giant Man. They got the Doctor Strange. This isn't to say that. DC is ripping off uh, Marvel. because yeah, I, They both have characters that, are, that have striking similarities. Yeah, and they also have characters that kind of, some characters predate others. Like yes, Doctor do. Strange is a good, has a good 20-year lead on- Doctor Fate. Sorry, yeah, thank you. Doctor Fate has a good 20-year lead on Cap, on Doctor Strange. That's yes, true. Captain America. It's okay. I think they were introduced around the same time. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so yeah, the JSA is there to lot, respond. Lot, lots of questions. I just, I mean, it's just, again, the, the whole Hawkman thing, I mean, we talked about it after the movie. It was just, it was so bizarre because, and and this is another criticism of the movie. I don't think this movie was edited all that great because you have the JSA show up to the Hall Estate uh, in La Roche, Louisiana. Uh, St. Roche. St. Roche, I'm sorry. St. Roche, Louisiana. Um, 
And then you they, they show the back of the estate and everything. The, the, the grounds drop down and open up. And then this, you know, this jet comes up. But you see them. You don't even see them board the jet. You just see them in the underground uh, hangar. Well, no, you see them before they're about to get onto the jet. Yeah, but you, you don't really see them like board the jet. Yeah, you know, they're just walking to where the where the Justice Society. Uh, that's my Pierce Brosnan Doctor Fate impersonation. Yeah. I could have done better, but I'm not, you know, Irish. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's like I was saying. There, there's no way in hell. Now I don't know if Carter Hall is based in Louisiana. The character. I think he's supposed to be, yes. Okay, well, in that case- Well, no, 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 no. Supposed to be Midway City. Which is where the Suicide Squad, I'm sorry, Suicide Squad took place. Yes. The first one, not the James Gunn one. The Suicide suicide Squad. With the, the Will Smith one, yes. Oh, not the Suicide Correct. Squad. Okay, gotcha. Correct, All yes. Right, gotcha. I, I got you now. Yeah, but yeah, if, if that's, I don't know where St. Roche, Louisiana is. I'm hoping it's nowhere near New Orleans because if it is, it's below sea level and that shit would have been flooded yeah. like a son of a bitch. And the question is, now who built all this shit? I said it was slaves. <laughs> redacted. <laughs> yeah, it was redacted. It was redacted that built yeah. the, uh, the estate. But, but I mean, you know, when, when Cyclone walks on the ship and she's like, you know, is this, Ent- what was the ship made of? Or, she, or did she say it was made out of Nth Metal? No, Carter Hall said that. And and, and he's like, down to the screws. So th- this thing is basically indestructible. It should be, yeah. But it ain't. Because we get we got no backstory on this shit. Or Hawkman himself. The problem is. How does that technology work? Because yeah. is, is, it, is it nanotech? Because you just see the suit appear on him. Yeah. I need a little something. Come on, give me a little something explaining all this shit. Is it mythical? Is it magic? Is it science? What is it? It's supposed to be, normally it's supposed to be like alien technology. Okay. So sometimes it's just it's just a harness that he puts on. Sometimes the wings can kind of retract and expand on his, on his body. I don't know how. We got, we got nothing. And is he of alien origin? Because, look, he's getting, he's, you know, going toe-to-toe with Black Adam, with yeah. Sabacc. And, you know, he's, oh, I got that. Sorry about that. He's, um, I mean, he's fighting everything, but like he's taking damage, not a scratch on him. He's getting thrown through walls, yep. all kinds of shit. So is he superhuman? I mean, is he, is Carter Hall himself indestructible? What the fuck? I don't know. You would have to imagine yes. And then you have to imagine that maybe the armor he's wearing is taking the brunt of the damage. Because there's a couple of scenes where he gets knocked down and he's out. Yeah. But there's also a few scenes where he gets thrown in, in into buildings. Yes, he does. And it's like through well, buildings. Through buildings. So like how is this How does this work? How does this work? Right. Which I was thinking about this is like you really did you really did need a JSA movie before this movie. So do you, that you can, you know, explore those characters and you could say, okay, this this team had members that were there and then they left. Right. Because the JSA has got a, has a large roster. Yes. A large roster of characters that kind of come and go. Black Adams has been a member of the JSA kind of on and off. Mm-hmm. So you really needed that. You needed something to bridge the gap. Why are they working with Amanda Waller? Right. If this is the first time Cyclone and Adam Spasher have, have joined the team, then where do they, where do they come from? Because those characters have history. Yes, they do. Dr. Fate and... Hawkman have history as being friends. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that's that's there to cite. You, you needed another movie to set all of this up. So then when you see them again, you're like, okay, I saw the other movie they were in. Yeah. And you don't have to go through a lot of 
heavy backstory just to explain these characters. Right. Because really they're not the most important parts of the movie. The important, the most important part is black Adam his arrival in the present day and learning to kind of speak English, quickly. speak English immediately after he gets, after he wakes up. Those little contrivances there that you have to kind of get over it to speed the movie along. Yes. But you could also say if I wanted to, armchair screenwrite this movie, I could say, well, that's part of his powers is the wisdom of the Egyptian gods and he's able to... He learns things frenetically or however yeah, you said. exactly. Through osmosis. Yeah, Jones. But also, <laughs> for those who don't know, the character of Shazam gets his power from the wizard Wizards. Shazam. Yeah. But also his power, the individual later letters are based in mythical, mythical heroes. Wisdom of Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Mercury, and so on. Mm-hmm. The power of Zeus. But Shazam, Black Adam's power is based in the Egyptian gods. So there's uh, Shu and Amon. There's a, f- a few others. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember them all mm-hmm. offhand. So if you're wondering, Black Adam activates his power by saying Shazam, but yes, he does. the letters stand for different things. Right. And we also got a... Nice little uh, return appearance from Jaimon Hanshu. I'm sure that was a day's work. Oh yeah, he didn't have. He really didn't have any dialogue. Well, I mean, they were shooting this, and and if I'm not mistaken, they were shooting Black Adam and Shazam: Fury of the Gods in Atlanta at around the same time. But yet, Shazam: Fury of the Gods is it should have been out by now. Mm-hmm. Should have already been in theaters, but no, they did. Somebody had to screw it up. And push these release dates aside. <laughs> yep. We're not going to say who that person was who he, may or may not be directly involved in yeah, we won't say moving that. these release dates. Right. Let's just say that uh, uh, the studio is uh, quickly <laughs> in the process of replacing this person. Swiftly. Yeah. They're making a flash judgment. Yes. And yes, they're acting fast. Making some, cha- <laughs> making some changes. That's right. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, we. Briskly. So to yeah, sum this movie up, yes, you're right. It has elements of Terminator. We see a lot of those familiar tropes that kind of that fish out of water. Mm-hmm. He's adjusting to the modern era and also- a-, a la Wonder Woman. Yeah, and also displaying his power in tremendous ways. A la Superman. Yeah, and that's one thing I will say about this movie. It's like I, I like seeing super-powered characters behave superpoweredly. Yes. And what I mean what I mean by that is I like seeing, you know, these characters kind of go toe to toe and they're throwing each other in the buildings yeah. and picking up cars and they're flying around and they're moving at super speed and all these things that you want to see. The slow motion sequence at the beginning. Which one? After the awakening. Oh, I was saying there's there was many slow motion well, sequences that, 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 in this that, movie. That's also true. But the one where the Rolling Stones was playing. Yeah. You gotta have that modern music in there for whatever reason. That was fucking Great. Yeah, it was. Great. The grenade in the mouth thing, I'll just say oh, that. Yeah. Outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah, because they they don't go out of their way to ground this character. No. Which is, which is another trend I hate. That need to, oh, we got to ground it in reality. It's like, no. No. I don't pay money or I don't go to the theater to see you know, Superman dumb down. Right. I don't go to to see. You want to see him job. Yeah, you don't want to see him job out. You don't want to see it 
where he's not as powerful as they could be because the filmmakers think, oh, we have to make it relatable. Right. We have to make sure people understand that it's he's not as powerful as he could be. Right. Black Adam is fucking powerful. Yeah. You've got you've got the money. Anytime they say, oh, well, it's ex- it's expensive. We want to have a budget. Don't don't worry I, about I that. I think this movie was like a hundred and ninety five million dollar production budget. So you you put just you know, put money into it. Mm-hmm. Make the characters look and act powerful. Make them, you know, otherworldly because you you want to see that that spectacle. I don't like to see it in the sense of, well, we've got to make sure it makes sense for people that aren't aware or don't know the characters. It's just like just make it big and bombastic, you know? Yeah, which and this they, movie is. And they did that. But it also, it goes in the range of, okay, this is a lot of stuff we've seen before. We got to have the evil bad guy has the has the, the MacGuffin and he's able to activate the weapon and, oh, there's this beam of light that hits the sky and here comes the big bad guy who's wrecking everything and, oh, here come the, the people have to get together and yeah. fight these yeah. zombies. Yeah. Yeah. He's the fucking devil, basically. Yeah, he was. The, fucking... the villain Sabak. Yeah, the fucking devil. Red, red skin, pentagram on his chest, mm-hmm. horns. Nice evil goatee. Yeah, shoots fire. Yeah. Very, uh, very familiar. Very. Has a horde of zombies at his command somehow. Right. What, the, what the fuck? Who, and, and appara- who were- and apparently they were just in the Sabak, uh, the Sabak, the Kondok town square. We didn't see him anywhere else. And I guess if you just pick up a fucking stick, you can kill him. Uh, yeah, and that's what the people did. They 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 grouped together. The people came together to save their town, their city, state, their country, whatever you call it, whatever you want to call it. They saved Kandak because young Aman rallied the people to fight for fight for freedom. He put it. He threw his diamond in the sky. Oh, that's Lord. another uh, another trope. The hand signal. The the yeah, rallying he's gonna, cry. He's gonna get somebody the diamond cutter. That was it. <laughs> Whenever I see that, that's exactly who I think of. DDP. Yep, Shout out to Diamond Dallas Page. Or it's The Rock. The Rockefeller. Holla. Shout out to Rockefeller Records. That's right. Dame Dash, Jay-Z, Memphis Bleak, Freeway. So that was that was what? Foxy Brown. Yeah. That was what brought the people together. Yeah. Not only 5,000 years people. ago. The people. But also now. Yeah. In the, in the current, the present day. Yeah. But yeah, so it's I mean, yeah, it was a movie. You can say yeah. it was a movie. Did it change the hierarchy of power? Did No. No. I'm I'm no, gonna say no. Not. Now of course we can also talk about the mid credit scene. There was no post credit scene. People I know people are, are one, used one to it. One of the worst now. kept secrets in Hollywood. And it was. It, it was. It didn't have to be. No. But also Dwayne Johnson went out of his way to hype up things that could be in the planning stages, things that were in the pipeline. Which, which I think is good. Yeah. He, look, it's just like when he was in WWE. He's a good showman. He knows yep. how to market shit. He knows how to get the attention where it needs to go. Uh, I think he did a very good job of that. He is he, – he, he, he himself is a marketing machine. I mean, this guy did a world tour to promote this movie. I mean, just, he's committed. You know what I'm saying? He is committed to the product. You got to give him props for that. Uh, I I think that, 
and and not to mention this post credit scene that we're talking about was added very late in the game. Mm-hmm. It was added as late as September. And this movie was released in October, October 21st. They made that shit happen last minute. Yeah. And all the better for it for reasons which we'll get into later. Yeah, so we see the return of Superman. Yes. Man of, Man of Steel. Yes. Played by Henry Cavill. Yes, the last son role. of Krypton. Now, people will say he's back, but he never really, he never went he, anywhere. He, he well, in, in our eyes. In our eyes, yes. In our eyes, no. He didn't go anywhere. Because Superman has made appearances in other DC properties. Whether we've seen his face or not. Yeah, whether we've seen there. him from the neck the neck down yes. or in silhouette, he's, yeah. he's around. Yes, he didn't he go anywhere. Yeah. Oh, real quick. Um, Pierce Brosnan was fucking great. Yes, he was. In this movie. He was great as Dr. Strange. I mean, Oop. Dr. Fate. Watch out there. We, Slip we, of the tongue. We, we can't look over that. He was he was fantastic. He brought what actors of his ilk bring to projects like this, which is <laughs> gravitas. After, after actors of his ilk. Of his ilk, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's a legend. He brings the gravitas. You know what I'm saying? He uh, uh, legitimizes the material. Yeah. He was fucking great. Yeah, and that's another thing we didn't talk about. He, like, and he, the Doctor Fate suit looked phenomenal. Yeah, the 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 utter display of Doctor Fate's powers was astounding in this movie. Yes, it was. He oh, he wasn't powerful enough to completely save the day. No, he wasn't. But seeing that sequence in, I guess I'll fuck it. I'll say fuck downtown Kondok with yeah. the battle between the JSA and Black Adam was pretty awesome. Yes, it was. You get to see everyone use their powers effectively. Yes, or less. Cyclone, of course, every time she used her powers, somehow was in slow motion, so you could see the hair blow, billowing in the wind. Yeah. Also, she's another character where she'd have a completely different hairstyle before she go into battle. And oh yeah. When she go into battle, the hair is like it poofed it's, out. It, it poofed out. She had fucking tight ass braids at one point, and then yep. when she switches to Cyclone, her hair is out. Yep. Now let me tell you something, and not to mention she's black. It takes a long time to undo them damn uh, braids. Oh we're yeah, talk, we're talking at least a couple of hours. Yep, to undo them braids. When she drops out of the, the ship, the uh, the cruiser, Hawkman's cruiser, and activates her slow motion, twisty, flippy <laughs> slow, cyclone, powers. slow motion wind powers. Yeah, yeah, slow motion wind powers. That hair is poofed out. Yep, somehow it's a power. Yeah. All that wind flowing through uh, her hair and loosened it, loosen it up, man. She didn't need no pink oil lotion. Nope. She didn't need no Murray's. No nothing. Nope. No no. Uh, uh, no olive oil conditioner, none of that shit that, that us black folks use in our hair, you know. What uh, what grade of hair would that be? Four C? I would say four C. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we saw her use her powers. Yes. Adam Smasher, of course, grew big and clumsily walked into things for the majority of his time. Sure as fucking did. Somehow. Yeah. But hey, to see super powered characters do Superpowered super things shit. and use their powers superpoweredly. I appreciated that for this movie because we got a lot of it. We did. This movie is right at two hours. Yeah, it's a it's pretty much wall to wall superpowered shit. Yeah, and there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of moments that kind of slow the action down. Not really. No, nobody take. There's no goofy scene where Black Adam is. Learning and accustomed, getting accustomed to the modern day, and oh, he's on a skateboard. No, oh, we look, he's watching sitcoms and huh, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. He, he's, now, t- he's too busy just going through fucking walls like the Kool Aid Man. Yes, 
<laughs> now, of course, there is a there is a scene that is another common trope. Char- main character looks at something on television and then mimics that thing on television. Moments later. Yes. Very, not too soon after he saw the thing on television. Right. So that's, a, that's another common trope. Yeah. So all in all, it's, it's things you have seen before. But in terms of the DC universe, they're expanding, they're introducing new characters. Yes. And they're, are they moving the storylines along? Not really. Not really. But this appearance of Superman could set something up. Good. Who, who knows? I also like the fact that, that Black Adam hovered for most of the movie. You mean hovered between being a good guy and a bad guy? And above the ground. And ab- above the ground, yes. Yeah, because yeah, if, if you can fly, then why would you even put feet on the ground? He, just, he hovered most of the time. If I, you kinda, I, I like that. If you kind of think about it, maybe, maybe the JSA were the antagonists of this movie. Because the people were like, well, hey, get the fuck out. Yeah, we don't yeah. want you here. Yeah, uh, uh, Sheedy Kid's mama kept throwing shade towards Hawkman. Like, you you guys don't have the darkness to do what Black Adam does. As far as Hawkman, I'm like, I don't have the darkness. Have you looked at me? <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the darkest person in this movie. <laughs> the what the fuck are you talking to? Yeah. I don't have the darkness. I am darkness. That eternal, that internal Shit. darkness. I got, I got internal and external darkness, ho. Who are you talking to? Look at me. But if you look at it, I'm a big black guy with wings. If you think about the movie, that they come in to try to to quell the the violence that Black Adam is dishing out. But really, the people are like, "Yeah, go, go yeah. get him, Black Adam," because yeah. he's the only one doing anything about it. Yeah. Because apparently, there's no there's no one to stand up to the intergang. There's no Kandaki president. There's no Kandaki prime minister. There's no council. No. Who who runs Kandak? I guess intergang. Intergang. Does, but then, Who's the who's the boss of Intergang? They never established that either. This is why you needed another movie or another appearance of these characters to set things up. Yes. So you could say, okay, Intergang is like an international crime organization. They're in different cities and states and whatnot. Worldwide syndicate. Yeah. Of of evil goings on. So then when you see Black Adam, you you can say, okay, yeah, I remember seeing Intergang Intergang this other movie. And bam, there you go. There was mention of Venture Gang in Peacemaker. There was. It was on okay. it was on newspaper. Yeah. But I mean, who the fuck was gonna see that? Nobody pays attention to that stuff. Well, well the eagle eyed folks or new rock stars noticed it. And also, there are prequel comics yes. for Black Adam to set up Cyclone and Hawkman, Doctor Fate, whatnot. Mm-hmm. But nobody reads those. Which is why you need movies, because people it's sad to say, but people watch movies. The majority of people, when they when they look at entertainment, they get it through television, movies, sometimes podcasts like We Like It, So What? But the majority of the people are watching, they want to watch movies. They want to go to a theater and see something, and that, that gives them the information they need. Sometimes you're not going to get it through a prequel comic right. or a, a, a web series that is filling the gaps in between this movie and that movie. Sometimes people, just they want to get their information whole hog and just in in movie form. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which those things are good to, you know, establish characters and develop them. But a lot of people don't really pay attention to stuff like that. Which is like I said, which is why you needed a JSA movie. You didn't need, you didn't even need all the all of the characters that are in this movie. JSA is a, a, a wide roster. And then you can have the JSA already set up. So when you see them in Black Adam, and you can say, "Okay, yeah, cool, oh, I remember oh, seeing the there Justice." There they go. Yeah. yeah, exactly. When you see the Justice League appear in Peacemaker, 
even though it's not all of them, you can say, oh yeah, Justice League. I saw I saw that movie. It's Superman. Right. There's Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. It's Aquaman. Stuff like that helps. Yeah, it's Flash. Now, of course, we didn't see their, well, we didn't see all of their faces, and pe- we saw the people who were available to shoot that day, which was Jason Momoa and this other person who was going to be swiftly replaced, yeah. very quickly, briskly, <laughs> with the quickness. Maybe we don't. Yeah. We don't actually yeah. know for sure. Yeah. Like, like the quickening. Yeah. Or is that a different thing altogether? That's a different. Okay. That's a different franchise. Oh, oh my bad. But yeah, we we see those characters show up now. Like I said, what this means for the the overall scope of the DCU, who who knows? They say the hierarchy of power is changing in in the DC universe, but it's also changing at Warner Brothers and in DC Films. Yes. Sorry, DC Studios. DC Studios. And we're gonna get into that. After this break, we'll be right back with more We Like It So What. We're back. We Like It So What has returned after 5,000 seconds. (laughs) Sorry, I can't say 5,000 years. Yeah. So we're back with more We Like It So What. So as a quick reminder, as always, as per usual, Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at We Like It So What. One word gives you all you need to know from your bros at We Like It So What. So, Eric, we're getting back into it. We're talking about Black Adam. We're talking about the DC universe. Yes, sir. The hierarchy of power has changed at DC Studios. Yes, it has. So, Eric, you got some news that uh, broke this past week? Yeah, man. So, so. For weeks now, we've been hearing that under the under the new leadership of David Zaslav, who, excuse me, Lord Zaslav, the new Grand Pooba over at Warner Brothers, is that they wanted to find their quote unquote Kevin Feige, who is the CEO of Marvel Studios and who is the the constant uh, or the linchpin of the success of the MCU, mm-hmm. um, whether it be theatrically or on um, uh, Disney Plus. So uh, they've been looking for weeks. They've been interviewing potential candidates. Uh, at one point, they thought it was going to be Dan Lin, who was a very successful producer. He turned it down. Um, they had hired a couple of other executives. Uh, Michael DeLuca, who's been an executive over at New Line for years, he shepherded um a lot of the the Elm Street films when they're at New Line, Blade, uh, being I think like my my favorite one that that he was behind, and also Pam Abdi, and out of nowhere, they tapped James Gunn and producer. <laughs> they did what they tapped, tapped him on the shoulder. Well, they picked him. They tapped him on the shoulder and said, yeah, "You're hired." And they said, "Hey, buddy, we want you for the gig," uh, as well as producer Peter Safran. And they're going to co-lead the TV, film, and animation division over at DC Studios. Uh, And this is per The Hollywood Reporter. The duo will report to David Zaslav and assume the title of co-chairs and co-CEOs of DC Studios. The hierarchy of power in the DC universe really is changing. In a stunning turn of events, filmmaker James Gunn and producer Peter Safran have been tapped there's that word again. <laughs> they tapped them. <laughs> They've been tapped 
to lead DC's film, TV, and animation efforts uh, as co-chairs and co-CEOs of DC Studios, a newly formed division at Warner Brothers that will replace the outgoing DC films. The unprecedented move in which a top director will assume a top executive post marks the end of a months-long search by Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav to replace DC Films boss Walter Hamada, whose last day on the job was the 18th. Uh, uh, Walter, uh, that search had all of Hollywood guessing and playing executive bingo for who would land one of the most coveted and challenging jobs in town. In recent weeks, Gunn and Saffron were spotted on the Warner Brothers lot, meeting with Warner's film co-chair Michael DeLuca about future projects. And according to sources, the initial overture to Saffron and Gunn came from DeLuca over the summer, even as the studio was in shaky talks with producer Dan Lin to take the job. Gunn will focus on the creative side of things, while Saffron will focus on the business and production side. Both are expected to continue to direct and produce projects respectively. They will report directly to Zaslav and work closely with Warner's film bosses DeLuca and Pamela Abdi. Sources say the deal runs four years and Gunn will be executive, uh, will be exclusive to DC. The goal is for them to not just to be producers, but to truly function as executives, even as Gunn will occasionally hone a movie. Unlike Marvel Studios, DC has multiple films set in separate creative universes, and according to sources, Joker filmmaker Todd Phillips' work on the upcoming sequel, which goes into production later this year, will not fall under Gunn and Cypher's purview and instead will be overseen by DeLuca and Abdi. Matt Reeves, who worked under Hamada as as, uh, a budding universe based in I'm sorry, based on his The Batman movie. It is unclear whose purview Reeves' future projects would fall, but everything else is moving forward will be under Gunn and Cypher's. DC has the most entertaining and powerful and iconic characters in the world. Mm-hmm. And I am thrilled to have the singular and complimentary talents of James and Peter joining our world-class team and overseeing the creative direction of the storied DC universe, says Zaslav in a statement. Their decades of experience in filmmaking, close ties to the creative community, and proven track record, thrilling superhero fans around the globe makes them uniquely qualified to develop a long-term strategy across film, TV, and animation and take this iconic franchise to the next level of creative storytelling. Gunn is one of the most respected minds in the world of comic book filmmaking. Uh, I don't know. Not according to some people. Not according to most of Twitter. They're not happy about this. They're not. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He came up in the indie film space and became an A-list director in 2014 with Marvel Studios' Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy and its 2017 sequel. He jumped to DC in 2018 to develop the Suicide Squad after rival Marvel fired him as director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. The studio later reinstated him, and that project is due out in May 2023. I'm going to put quotation marks around fired. I don't think he was really fired. I don't think he was either. It's a little hiatus, so to speak. Yeah, let the um, heat, let the heat let die the, down. Let the from- heat die down, baby. Uh, his DC foray, The Suicide Squad, was critically adored and spawned the hit HBO Max spinoff Peacemaker, starring John Cena. Gunn is currently working on a second season. Saffron came up as a manager where Gunn was among his clients and is fully in, uh, enmeshed in the world of DC as a producer of the $1 billion grossing Aquaman and its upcoming sequel as well as uh, Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, and Shazam and its sequel. 
His relationship with Warners extends back 10 years and includes the $2 billion grossing Conjuring horror franchise. The Saffron Company recently re-upped its production deal with Warners. So that's, um, there was a, a lot more to this, but we won't really go into it. We've actually covered all the main parts. But, right. But uh, as far as your concern, like what is your level of excitement now that we have, uh, you know, we finally have some people running the DC division of Warner Brothers, which is its own entity now. Like, I mean, do you think that's a good thing? It's Is it a bad thing? I mean, where do you stand on it? I stand to the left, left of center about it. No, okay. I'm kidding. Well, I mean, it's it's good that they're finally, after all this time, finally getting someone who's going to kind of be in charge, overseeing the universe, so to speak. They didn't necessarily need that. They didn't necessarily need a Kevin Feige, quote unquote. I agree with that. But they did need a forward direction and they did need a sense of cohesiveness as far as the projects they're doing. Because now you've got two or three different versions of Batman. You've got two or three different versions of the Joker. You've got a Superman on TV. You've got Superman in the movies. You've got Superman in animation and all this stuff. Yeah. And the focus wasn't really there because they were in the old regime. They were just putting out movies, whatever they felt like putting out. And a lot of people were critical of that. There was a Batgirl movie that wasn't connected to anything. And then this Flash movie was going to more or less restart everything. Or was it going to reboot the universe? We didn't really know. Because now they're doing reshoots on that movie. And we don't know how it's going to turn out. But of course, there was also there was also things that were set up by Zack Snyder, and a lot, like I said, a lot of people were kind of disappointed in this news because that whole you know restore the Snyderverse movement is it taking a back seat to what they're doing it now? Ne- it never left. But yeah, it you ne- can't. It never left. You can't restore something that never went away. It never went away, dude. Everything we've seen, whether it be Wonder Woman, whether it be Aquaman, even Black Adam. And now with uh, uh, in, in, in Shazam, all have ties to the Snyderverse. Yep, they all do, and and they continue to. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. I think it's people wanted to see Zack Snyder's vision for this whole thing played out. You know, you know, writ large. They wanted right. it. They wanted him back for it Justice was, look, League two look, or three. Even I wanted it. Yeah, I do too. I wanted it, but I mean, I I think. For the time being, I'll say that ship has sailed. But now that Hamada isn't back, I mean, isn't there, things could, you know, things could change. We'll see. Yeah. Well, they said sayonara to Hamada-san. They said, Dan, Walter, yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna make this happen. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta hire the gun. You're gonna bring in the hired gun. A hired gun. That's right. <laughs> well, he was a fired gun. Yeah. Allegedly, right. what caliber Marvel. is that? Gun and saffron. Yeah, but yeah, I'm. I don't know. Let's let's say cautious optimism. There's a part of me that feels like okay, DC's got to get a new fall guy in there in case the shit doesn't go right. They've done it before. Oh, these movies have they've had to delay the release dates. Let's blame it on Walter Hamada. We. We don't know well, what direction well, the, the this blame movie's going in. The blame shouldn't have been solely on Hamada. That, yep. that was also Toby Emmerich yep. and Kevin Sujahara. Yep. Them two. They and, all, and, and they got the fucking boot. Every time they needed, they needed a new fall guy. 
Will James gonna be Peter Saffron be the new fall guys if something goes wrong? Probably. Will they be the I'm, guys that are at the premieres doing the interviews talking about oh how oh this, yeah, all these DC movies coming down the pipeline, they're gonna be great. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Kevin Feige's always there. I mean, no, Peter Saffron can do that. Yeah, yeah. James Gunn, probably not. Probably not. Cause because and it's like what we talked about uh, uh last night between you, myself, and 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 brother Terry, who is you know, still on assignment. Yep. Maybe he'll join us on the next episode, hopefully. Um, there was a tweet that uh, – it doesn't fucking matter who fucking sent it because they're wrong anyway. Uh, they were pissed off because – No, tell, tell, tell them I, who said it. I can't remember who, who, uh, who, who sent the tweet. I actually can't remember the person's handle. Okay. Uh, but it was the, you know, the picture you sent about the tweet under the tweet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. Um, but um, they were like, well, no, fuck that. So it's it's not a good choice. Bring, yeah, just go ahead and bring ahead in Charles Roven and Tyre already. Yeah. It's like, no, no. I mean, not that those are bad choices, but whoever this person is fails to understand that that Charles Roven is is a producer in in that it's it's his job to facilitate everything that a director needs. He's not a creative. Yeah. He isn't. Nor is Debbie Snyder, that that's who who is uh Zach Snyder's wife. She is a producer. She is not a creative. Zach is the creative. Much in like how James Gunn is a creative. And and he's been he's been paying dues ever since his days at trauma. You know what I'm saying? And he got uh his start, you know, working in low budget movies, mm-hmm. and then he kind of like, you know, gradually ascended to, you know, the James Gunn that we all know now. Uh he he is a I think he's beginning to be a brand unto himself. With the success of of Guardians, um, Peacemaker, The Suicide Squad, which I think is great. I don't care what, what people say. That movie was fantastic. Now it wasn't uh, it wasn't a financial success. It, it was not. Given that it was released in twenty twenty one during during the, pand- during the pandemic, pandemic yeah. day and date release on HBO. But it also had it apparently it had good numbers as far as subscriber downloads. Yes. Yes. And, and we got the, the the risky at the time Peacemaker show, uh, show built off of that, which is incredible. Yeah, critically acclaimed Peacemaker show that Gun over you know, oversaw. Some people don't like it. It is what it is. You can't argue with the numbers. You you can't argue that you know even though the Suicide Squad wasn't a financial success, it was a critical success, and you can't argue with the numbers. That that Gunn brought in with his Guardians movies one and two and three will I'm, yep. I guarantee will be another financial hit and pop probably a, a critical hit as well. But then so, a, oh, a lot of a lot of people in this day and age they don't want to they don't want to take stock of the critical side of it. Let's say for example Black Adam mm-hmm. started off with fifty three percent forty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. and a lot of people say well that can't be right. Let's right. wait for the audience score. Audience scores are high. Ninety in the nineties. Yeah. So I think that has to matter more. The people who are going to see it, the people who are paying paying their money to see a movie. Yes, sir. There has to be a way that we kind of get that critical perception out of the way. Because, not that it's not important. Yeah. But it's what do we want? What do we like? That that should hold more weight over what the critics say. Some people depending on the movie though, some people will say, Oh yeah. Well, the critics were right on this one, and some people will say, "Oh, the critics were wrong. Don't don't listen to them." Right. It just depends on the movie. If yes. if it's a movie you're not looking forward to, oh yeah, if the critics are right, 
or if it's a movie you're looking forward to and the critics don't like it, oh, the critics are on. They, they got to be. Look at the scores. It just It's all perspective. Yes. But you can also say for the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, high Rotten Tomatoes scores, each movie that came out was more successful than the last. And like you said, I'm sure Disturbed will probably do but well. Both made over $300 million domestic. Yeah. But of course, and I, I constantly make this joke about James Gunn's past tweets. Will now that we know he's not going to be directly involved with the Batman, we don't have to worry about any rape and pedophile jokes in that movie. Now, will they be in the next Suicide Squad movie, the next Superman movie? Well, who knows? It's it's kind of dicey. I make this joke because hey, look, <laughs> you got a guy that was saying. Of course, he's in a position of power somewhat now. Back then, he was just another screenwriter, another director making shit. Who, who would have known would have, he would have ascended to the level he's at now? Right. Nobody would have known that. But in all honesty, he's saying things on Twitter that aren't any different than any other person well, he with a Twitter said, account. Well, he said. Yeah. He knows better now yes. to not say those things. He, and he, he 100% owned up to it, uh, showed contrition, and took a step back. For a while, yep, he did it. everything you're supposed to do when you fuck up, and he's been rehabilitated, so to speak. They, yeah, they, well, DC, not DC, Marvel Studios had to do damage control. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't want to look like they were hiring a, a pedophile rape jokester. True, and keeping them on the payroll. Right, so that ruins their image. That ruins Disney's image. That's true. So, of and, course, and, and they did the mention, whole... You, know, you had pushback from his cast. Yeah. His cast stood behind him 100%. Even in, in, in Dave Batista, who you can basically credit James Gunn for his career. Yeah. What was stood by, his, stood by his guy. He's like, I, I owe my career to this guy. If he walks, I walk. Which, of course, all of the... And his... I mean, you know, uh, Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana... Bradley Cooper, they were all behind Gun, which put Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three in yeah. jeopardy. I say that in quotations, jeopardy. They they knew they weren't about to miss out on that. Those uh, that oh, Marvel money. Oh no, it's all right. Oh let's, no, let's let this die down for a little right. bit. We'll, we'll let James Gunn do you know go over to Warner's yeah. for a few months. And, you know, do the Suicide Squad, do Peacemaker, and then once that's done. We'll bring them back, and that's exactly what they did. But people are still bringing up those those tweets. That stuff doesn't go away. It doesn't. No matter how much you try to, it doesn't sweep it under the rug. There's always someone that remembers. Right. It'd be different if he was a total dick about it and said, "Fuck that! I'm not apologizing about anything. Who gives a shit?" And Who he could. He could have. And in this day and age now, in this new age of Twitter, with the new ownership, uh, people they yeah. love freedom of speech. Yeah. They love being able to say whatever and express themselves. Well, you, However you, messed up it may be, you can do it. There is freedom of speech, but there is no freedom, freedom of consequences. consequences. Yes. So, but but James he he paid the consequences, and you know, hey, he's he's better now. Uh, could you say he paid the cost to be the boss? He paid the cost, <laughs> my friend. He definitely did to be the boss. In the court of public opinion, though, is still I don't know. Let's say the jury's out. Because there are people that are some ex, some are excited. Now I've seen a lot of Eric raises I, I, his I'm, hand. I'm excited. I'm I'm genuinely excited about this. I'm doing the transcript for this episode. Eric yes. raises his hand yes. in excitement. Yes, and and you are cautiously optimistic. Yeah, which which I understand. But there are people, let's say, on the creative side, artists and writers, filmmakers, 
who work for Warner Brothers, they're they're excited about the news also. Who, who work for Warner's in DC, they're excited about it. Yeah, Other filmmakers, they're, they're actors, only going to have some kind of direction. And I think they, did, like I said, they definitely need that. Yeah. That now that doesn't mean that you need to just focus on the same things you were focusing on before, just Superman, just Batman, right. Wonder Woman, for example. And and it's not even about tying anything together. They can still have their separate Elseworlds movies. You know what I'm saying? But it's about making sure that that those directors, those creatives, have what they need to 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 fully execute their visions on the screen. Right. You know, hi, hire the best talent. You know, best writer uh, writers, produ- uh, producers. Directors, below the line talent. Make sure you, you are hiring the best of the best, you know, and, and we'll get movies like Matt Reeves, the Batman, or Todd Phillips, the Joker. You know what I'm saying? Movies by by true auteurs instead of just people. <laughs> auteur, you like that word, Jamal? Auteur? Yeah. I'm just, it's, I'm, a, it's, it's a good word. I'm amazed though with the, the promotion for Joker. They never said from the director of The Hangover. Books. Well, you know, from the director of Due Date, from the director of. Road trip. Would that have been a better sell? No. No, definitely not. No. You have to kind of separate the things. But this is this is what I wonder when they talk about, okay, it's a new era for DC. Now it's DC Studios. The hierarchy. The hierarchy power of power changed. changed. They're talking about 10-year plans and all of this. So does that plan well, start? I, I think the ten-year plan thing is is gone. They, they, they got to stick to it. They they but, talk but, about but, it ad nauseum. They got to stick to it. I, I I think that's slowly being swept under the rug because Gunn and Saffron's deals four years. The four-year plan. It's the four-year plan. <laughs> the four to five-year with it's an the, option to renew. It's the four-year plan. In which case, we we really won't be able to see the fruits of their labor until maybe in in year two. Yeah, let's say after. Because there's going to be so much stuff in development that we won't see until, like in in like their second year on the job. And that's another thing I thought about the other day is like, okay, there are movies that were delayed from this year, movies that should about two years ago, movies that are in production, that are in production that are going wow. to be released next year. Yeah. So you got everything from the Flash to Blue Beetle to the Batman sequel. Maybe I mean that's that's in the works. We don't know when the actual start date on that will be. 2023 is my guess. Maybe. Superman, they, there's talk of a Superman sequel to Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. There's no, well, nothing with, confirmed. With, with Henry Campbell, is, he's not going to be playing Geralt of Rivia in The Witcher Season 4. No, that's the other news that broke today as per this recording. Uh, so Season 4 of The Witcher is confirmed. It's in the works. The, but Liam Hemsworth will be taking over the role of Geralt of Rivia from Henry Campbell. Yeah. And now, a lot of people were kind of like, uh, well. I mean, well, I'm, I'm not a big Witcher guy. I mean, I'm happy for Liam, but, but the bigger question is, what's going on, Henry? You got something cooking, buddy? Well. Got something in the oven, in the microwave? What happened was. In the toaster? WB tossed a coin, a couple of coins, to Henry Cavill and said, hey, come back to Superman. Save us, please. Yes. Like Jericho. Save us. Save us, HC. <laughs> yeah. Save us, Hank. And and kind of going back to Dwayne the, the the Dwayne Johnson of it all, I, I think he and Seven Bucks do deserve a lot of credit for bringing Henry back because under the Hamada regime, they didn't want to bring Henry back for whatever fucking reason. Yep, they did not want Henry Cavill Superman back. I'll, I'll never understand it. Maybe uh, Hamada Walter Hamada married. You know, I don't know. Maybe his maybe his wife got a good look at Henry Cavill one day on set and. 
at the wandering eye. And he's like, you know what? I can't, I, I can't trust this mother. I mean, hey, look, dude, get Henry, him out of here. Dude, Henry's a stud. Come on. Well, yeah. That that that's a handsome son of a bitch. Yeah. I mean, that's that's our Superman. Yeah, he's fucking Superman, Superman. Of, the, of this era. Yes. Of this era, and I, I I think that that it was it was great on Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia, Hiram Garcia for them to play hardball with Warner and say, look. We want this to happen. This is uh-huh. what the fans want, and they fucking made it happen. Not to mention, you know, Danny Garcia also manages Henry Cavill and her ex-husband Dwayne Johnson. What a coinky dink! Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so that, like I said, at the uh, after we were done watching Black Adam, now we know what the D in DC <laughs> Dwayne DCU, <laughs> that's the Dwayne Johnson yeah. cinematic universe. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but 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 seriously, all jokes aside, I I think this is a good thing. People can say it's Dwayne Johnson's ego. I mean, this is a case of of someone's ego being used for the better good. Because we love Henry Cavill. He is our Superman. Yeah. Like how when we grew up, Michael Keaton was our Batman. Yeah. Christopher Reeve. Christopher was Reeve. Also- you know what I'm saying? But now I it's see- Henry Cavill. And, you know, we love Man of Steel. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not quite sure about how you feel about BBS. Some parts but, of it I like, some parts of it I don't. Got you. Uh, same here. But none of, none of this was on Henry Cavill. He was fantastic. And now he's back. And and I do think that that uh, a lot of the credit should go to Dwayne Johnson and Seven Bucks for making this happen because we're finally getting Superman back. Yeah, they spent a little more than seven bucks to oh, get yeah. him get him oh, back in yeah. the movie. Yeah, and, and, and rightfully so. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we don't need another Superman. Well, well we got Tyler Hecklin on Superman and Lois, which nah, that that ain't gonna translate to the big it, screen, it, it, brother. It it's perfect for the small screen. Yeah, and I like Tyler in that role. He's very very good. Yeah, but as far as big screen, it's Henry Cavill, baby, and, and we finally got him back. Now, what this means going forward, we don't really know. He says he's back, and he said that that our patience will be rewarded. Yeah. So. And 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 David Zaslav said that you know, not long after he took the job, he said that we want to prioritize a Superman movie. Yeah. And now it seems like the wheels are turning. So if Henry isn't going to return as Geralt of Rivia for Witcher season four, could that mean that they're working on something as we speak? Could be. H- hurry up. They, they That's wanna, all I'm saying. He said they want to make it a priority. Now, that being said, and this is just us, you know, you know, fan casting, whatever you want to call it. Let's say, for instance, they're working on a sequel, a proper, true sequel to Man of Steel. They can call it whatever they want. Last Son of Krypton, Man of Tomorrow. Man of Steel 2. Man of Steel Yeah, Man of Steel Dose. That's probably exactly what they'll call it. <laughs> uh, Man of Steel Dose. Um, who would you want to see behind the camera for this bad boy. Well, um, I mean, there's been- Well, well. It's our road warriors spot. I mean, there's- Tell them, Hawk. There's, people want to see Zach back, Jack. They want to, they they got the whole bring back Zack Snyder hashtag on Twitter. They want to see him return. I do too, but if not him. I would put, I would put Zack Snyder at number one. Okay. If not Zack, Zack Snyder, I think- Matthew Vaughn would be an interesting choice. Very interesting. Uh, 
There's another one, Brett Ratner. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Almost threw up on the mic. I'm, I'm kidding. No, not Brett Ratner. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's it's not like I mean, it's not rocket science to direct a Superman movie. It kind of writes itself. But there's also the you know context of the movie, subtext even. Right. This is a Superman that has kind of not been as prominent as he should be. So what kind of story do you tell? Do you try to tell another modern take on Superman? I, I think you also, a Superman movie also should be epic in scope, epic in scale, but it also needs a, a really good story. Yep. And the first name that comes to my mind is someone who has worked with Henry before, Christopher McQuarrie. Yeah. I think he'd fucking kill it, dude. Would be interesting, yeah. Yes. Would you, I you, think he would nail it, dude. You think they try to, you try to shoehorn Tom Cruise in there no, in some kind of no, way, no, Brainiac no, maybe? No. Might be interesting. I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't be interesting. It, it absolutely. As I'm thinking I, about I, that, I, I, would, I think. No, no, no. I, dude, if, if McQuarrie did it, I think Tom Cruise would play ball because McQuarrie is his guy. Yep. I I think I think he would play ball and and play a supporting role like that for McQuarrie and for Henry. I think he'd do it. You think? Uh, I, I honestly think he it it kind of like when he played Les Grossman for Ben Stiller. Yeah. You think uh, your man Brian Singer would no come out of hiding to direct it? He's worked with Christopher McQuarrie before, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, usual Suspects. U- usual Suspects and Valkyrie. Yeah. Ty also worked with Tom Cruise. That's right. All the pieces but, fit, brother. That's right. But but but. I don't, you I don't, don't see think yeah, he can, he, no, he's, he's directed the Superman movie yeah, yes, before. He, yes, he has, but not not as many people like that as much as they do Man of Steel. They did not. Yeah, they did not. I mean, I like it. But, and that's that's but, but, one but, of but those. That's, that's closer towards, that. that's in the Donner universe to me. Yeah. yeah. And that's another one of those cases where the road to redemption, it's got a couple of potholes in it. And you might not be able it's to got, get back got some like. road spikes. You might not be able to get back like James Gunn did. All he did was just let out some little dirty tweets. And, and he apologized immediately. Yeah. Uh, has Brian Singer apologized for any of his alleged I, behavior? I don't think he has. No, no, he is not. But but Brian Singer's got more money in the federal government. He ain't hurting from him. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's good. He's, he's, he's well set. But but my first choice is, is Macquarie. I, I think that, I mean, th- I think they're finishing up Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2 now. And he'd he'd have some time, you know, to kind of work on a little something. Uh, not to mention, he's he's one of the best writers in the business. He is Tom Cruise's go-to guy to to punch up scripts. He touched up the script of Top Gun Maverick. He's been working with, with Tom Cruise since Valkyrie. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, he did. He wrote and directed Jack Reacher. Um, he uh, touched up the script to Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> touched up. Touched up. He had a little touching. But yeah, Macquarie. He, he's he's my pick. If not Zack Snyder, bring in Macquarie. I'll say F. Gary Gray if they can't get out of one of those names. Not that that's a bad choice. F. Gary Gray can handle journeyman shit. director, but he, but he he can handle epic yeah. shit. He he can step into a yeah. franchise and yeah. and do his thing. He directed a Fast and Furious movie. Why not? That's true. But but he can but he can also handle. He can also uh, work within an ensemble. He can also, um, I, I think his best movie is The Negotiator. Yeah. 
That movie's fucking phenomenal. You think J.J. Uh, Abrams could come no, in and ruin this no, franchise I, the way he I, did he, Star Wars? He, he, they're not going to go anywhere near J.J. Abrams with this shit. Zaslav uh, uh, canceled J.J.'s deal with HBO. Yeah. And all those uh, projects that had people of color as well, the main characters. Well, he got rid of those, too. Well, He said, wipe them out. All of them. Execute order 66. Yep, that's what he did. That's what he did. You don't hear about him anymore. They said, nope, we're not doing this. This is the new era it, of, it, of yeah, DC. It, it just so happens that those projects had people of color. Even the Michael, yep. uh, the Michael B. Jordan Superman movie, uh-huh. which, which which we never fully knew if that was a lock or not. Like we really, we never really fully knew that. You know, it was something that could have been in the works. Uh, I don't think there was any, you know, full-throated confirmation on it. <laughs> what? Any what? You heard me. Okay. I said full-throated. So, in, and uh, but like I said, this makes me cautiously optimistic. In the new era of DC, they could very, very well screw it up. They, they don't have anything... They don't have anything in the works for 2024 other than Joker 2, Folly Adieu. That's the only thing that we know for sure is going to be released in 2024 unless something happens and they, they either move it up or move it back. So that means they have to be they have to be working on things now. They have to be at least in the script stage and the, the pre-production stage. Like I said, Batman 2 is out there. Man of Steel sequel. Not to mention the Penguin series. Which starts shooting next year. And that's it. And then also, a sequel to The Flash has already been written. Uh, apparently. So, DC... I, I do think that's a good thing, though. Yeah? That's a good thing. Because if The Flash is a hit, they got the sequel already lined up, ready to go. And There's if, not going to be no fucking five, ten-year gap no. between movies. Two years. And I think... I, I feel like two years should be like a standard. Two, two to three. You should not wait... S- Damn near 10 years for a sequel to Man of Steel. Nor 36 years. No. And you shouldn't like, like have Like Top Gun Maverick, but that, and, that, that was a fucking hit. So, you know. And hell, even. It, it's hit or miss with the with sequels who who have such a, a long length in, in between time between the first and the second movies. Yeah. Top Gun Maverick, over a billion dollars. It's a massive hit. Later on in 2049, critical success. Yep. Box office failure. A masterpiece of a movie, nonetheless. Yep. So, so now it's now it's a question of okay, new era DC, new leadership. What is the focus going to be? And of course, I think now the focus is going to be on box office. It's going to be on those larger than life characters. But is there room for the smaller characters? And I think James Gunn is one of those guys. He can take, you know, Morita bread and turn it into a panini. Yes. He can take those smaller level characters and elevate them a little bit. 1,000%. He did it with Guardians of the Galaxy. He did it with Suicide Squad. So I think he can do that with a lot of those smaller characters if he chooses to. If he chooses to to direct, you know, I don't know, a a movie about the question, that could, it could do well. Yeah. I mean, and and not everything, you know, has been a success. I mean, he produced um, Brightburn. Yeah. But we really liked it. Now, yes, that's the movie that just for whatever reason didn't catch on. You and know that all that also featured kind of a a Superman mm-hmm. archetype in a way. It sure did. But but you and I really enjoyed that movie. Yep. 
Sorry, we're currently watching Wonder Woman 84, 1984. Ugh. Jesus. That whole scene in the mall is like, what the hell is this? Yeah, what the fuck is going on here? Like, what is this like? It's it's slapstick slapstick comedy is right. what it is. I was waiting for Frank Drebin to walk in. He, he might as well. It will have made it legitimate. Right. Yeah. He would have been the straight man yeah. in that whole thing. Well, all, all this other bullshit is going on. But anyway. But I, like I said, I will. They don't know who Frank Drebin is. So fuck it. I will stay cautiously optimistic because DC Warner Brothers track record ain't ain't exactly the best with this stuff. They, but they've had more hits than misses. Yeah, they have. They have. It's just that the misses have missed kind of big, and they don't they don't have the constant hits and volume like Marvel. No, it, it's 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 a fact. It's a the, fact. The numbers don't lie. They don't. As Big Papa Pump would say. Well, we don't want to break out Steiner math on this episode. No, it's, no. it's too complex for even us to decide. That's a whole other episode all its own. All its own. But I think overall, I think people have to kind of, they have to approach this whole thing with a, they can approach it with some skepticism. Oh, yeah. But also a little bit of positivity because this is this will be the first time in a while that DC's trying to get their shit together, yes. so to speak. Yes. Now, you could say they were on a good track with the movies that Zack Snyder was making. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that Zack Snyder can direct everything. He and can. I enjoy Zack Snyder's movies. Yes, I, I do too. But that does not mean that he's the only director or writer or producer capable of telling stories with these characters. Exactly. And I think you kind of have to farm that out to different creatives that can that can tell stories, you know? And I, I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, some people don't really don't like this choice. No. And and it's fine and if that's, they don't. That's, that's fine. But the thing is, is this is a four-year deal. Let's see what they, let's, let's see what they do. You got to give them a shot. Yeah. You now, know, it could, <laughs> it could be the case next year. James Gunn gets involved in another scandal and they say, okay, well, we got to get him out of here. That's all of that is entirely possible. Let's hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. Let's hope that him and Peter Safran can give us some of the best material we've seen in years. That's all we can hope for. I I think there's a high probability that's going to happen. Yeah. Because Peter Safran's a very successful producer. Uh, James Gunn is a creative and you know, you know, creatives recognize each other. I think he's gonna you know, elevate some people, bring some people up the same way that that people brought him up, whether it be Lloyd Kaufman at Trauma or Kevin Feige at Marvel. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna do the exact same thing. He's gonna look out, uh, search out for the best talent above and below the line, and give us some great, you know, shit, whether it be on TV or the big screen. I'm I'm looking forward to it because again, it seems like you know, DC Warner's is trying to trying to finally have a sense of direction. They're going to try to right this ship. They got a couple of captains at the helm, and hopefully we're going to get some good uh, some good material from it. Yeah, took them long enough. It did. Could have done it. Could have done it years ago, but they couldn't get out of their own way. Well, it's like it's like what Luther Vandross says. You got to wait for love. <laughs> so, sometimes, sometimes love, it takes a long time. And sometimes a good WBDC movie takes a long time. You're going to get your chance at love. <laughs> wait for love. Wait for love. Okay. Sorry, I was distracted. Wait for love. 
But yeah, but sometimes. Uh, all right, Eric. All right, Eric. Yeah, let's Wait for love. Let's let's see what they do. Yeah, <laughs> and the the Dwayne Cinematic <laughs> Universe is not DCEU anymore. So you can rest easy knowing that it's not. This is DCEU. Yeah, yeah it just made my gums bleed. Now, it's, but you got you got to say, okay, who, whose side are you on? Is it MCU is a DCU? Fuck that. I, I'm, That's what it is. I rock both. As much as James Gunn might say, hey, it's not a competition. We're both in it for the same goals. We're both here to entertain. That's not true. C- c- yes, it is. Yes, it's not. That's not yeah. really how people think. Everything is absolutes. No, it's either you're, you're on one side no, or the other. No, every, no, every everyone isn't a fucking Sith, because only the Sith deal in absolutes. Only on Twitter do they deal in absolutes. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I, I look at these tweets every day, which you can follow us on. We like it so what on Twitter. Excellent, and you'll see the same some of the same tweets I'm seeing. It's like, oh. Yeah. MCU sucks. It's mid. DCU sucks. Like, oh, stop it. DC's back. It. Bring bring back it's like, Zach. It's like it's, it's fucking people, man. Again, and you know, it, it's like what I've tried to tell some of my friends back in the day. You and I have been watching movies for years and years and years. We, yeah, we, we've gone to the we've been going to the movies for the better part of 24 years. Uh, this is something we do. You know, you know, cinephiles, I guess, like us, you know, we are abreast of the ins and outs of the entertainment industry, primarily the, the, the movie industry. You know, we know about directors and writers and producers, uh, you know, some production designers, some composers. Like, we know, we know this shit because this is what we do. We watch these movies all the fucking time. A lot of people out there in the fucking Twitterverse, Twittersphere, they don't fucking know about this shit. They don't, I mean, no. they, they can't fully articulate no, you know, uh, uh, anything about the movie industry and stuff like that. They don't fucking know about numbers and box office and, 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 uh, how many fucking writers have been on this project and shit like that. They don't fucking know. All they want is what they want and that you can't always get what you want. You know what I'm saying? You know, sometimes you got to take a fucking leap of faith and hope that, you know, this, this new, um, this new era in DC is going to be productive. It's going to be positive. It's going to yield good results. That's all we can fucking hope for. But not everybody feels the same way I do. You know, Sometimes you got to ground yourself in reality and yeah. not uh not think it's going to be better than it is or yeah. or think it's going to be better than it is. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with with having optimism and hope about this kind of stuff because that's you know, fingers crossed is what we're going to get with a Man of Steel sequel. Yeah, optimism, we need a, hope and joy. We need a a symbol of hope to bring us back. Yeah, we need that S. Yeah. And the S had two lines down the middle of it forming a dollar sign. And that's what Henry Cavill saw. That's right, man. When they said, hey, Henry, please come back. Save us. And he said, okay. Okay. He even, he even put that little S curl down <laughs> the on S his forehead. Curl. He said, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. This is how committed I am. I'm going to finally bring in the S curl. But yeah, we'll see what they do. We'll, we'll see, see what happens. We'll see. Fingers crossed, everything works out. Fingers and toes crossed that James Gunn doesn't write more pedophile let's, tweets. Let's they, hope that doesn't they happen. Get him out of the paint. Let's hope it doesn't happen. And then but, they got to hire a new boss. But, but that being said, 
if if any of these upcoming projects fail, we will be equally as critical of them. Oh yeah, the, we know where the fingers will be pointed right. when this stuff goes wrong. Well, what that? To, but but we but we can also, you know, not have any any kind of fucking ridiculous bias. You know, we're not head in the sand fucking DC zombies or Marvel Marvel zombies. You no, know, we well, can not not all of us are not all of us. Some of us are. But 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 you and I, you know, and and our and brother Terry who isn't here. We can we can properly judge and critique these fucking movies. We can acknowledge their successes and their flaws. Yeah. It's not hard. Some people can't fucking do that. Some people like everything Marvel and hate DC. To those people, I say, you know what, it's your prerogative, but you can go to hell. I but can tell you, I can tell you that. Because it's ridiculous. People, it's fucking ridiculous. Why don't you want all these movies to succeed? Yeah. And then some I, people love everything. Yeah, yeah, vice versa. Yeah, yeah, DC and hate Marvel. Yeah, I don't. I do not understand that level of thinking. I don't. I mean, if it's okay to like Marvel characters more than DC characters, that's fine. But you should not want one brand to succeed and the other fail. That's fucking stupid. Yeah, that's stupid. If you do that, you're being an asshole. Plain and simple. Yep. Don't don't be an asshole. You should want these movies. Look, you don't you don't have to go see a DC fucking movie. But you shouldn't hope it to fucking fail. That's fucking stupid. Well, you know, I, I, I'm on record via text by saying that I hope that hope Black Adam flopped so they could just reset. I can admit that. I can admit when I said something. There you go. Good man. I'm not always. Not not everybody can do that. I'm not always right, but I'm not always wrong either. Uh, that's true. But I can also admit. 60% hey. of the time, I'm right. <laughs> every, every Every time. time. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yes. Remain remain optimistic. Remain hopeful, and remain hopeful that we like it. So what will always be there to to keep you in the know about what's going on. Whenever you call me, I'll be there. <laughs> Whenever you need me, this is I'll it. be. This there. is the episode where Eric's bringing back I'll all the around. all the classics, all the R and B classics. They don't know nothing about the spinners. They not fidget, not they, fidget spinners, no. you you millennials. That's right, yeah, you young bucks. We're talking about funk R and B legends, the spinners. That's right, that's right. See, so yeah, okay, band man. On on that note, we're gonna bring this episode to a close. Hope you enjoyed listening. Yeah. It's good to be back. Yeah, we had a little break, but it's good to be back as always. Yeah, it's always. So yeah, as always, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at We Like It So What. So that's all the latest updates, all the latest news from your friends. I'll even say your super friends at We Like It So What. That's right. So that's going to do it for this episode. I've been Jamal Murphy. I've been Eric Bethel. And this has been We Like It So What, and we will catch you next time. Dun, dun. It's the law and order ending.